0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. This is your host, Alex Varallo. I'll be running solo tonight. Uh, Dylan and Glenn were not available, uh, but I'm going to hold it down until they get back next week, and next week is going to be a very exciting week, as it is draft week. We're officially nine days away from the NFL draft, and all the hoopla, the predictions. Uh, the speculation, the rumors on which teams are in love with this player and that player, it's all going to come to light as of April 28th. I'm very, very excited. Uh, Tonight's episode will be a little bit shorter as I'm running solo, but there are some important topics that I really would like to get into, and mainly uh, tonight's uh, episode is called Jet Nation Draft Talk. But what I specifically want to get into Are which players are the right fit for the New York Jets. Um, I've broken down some positions. I've listed a few players. I'm going to go through each of them, and I'm going to make a case on why player A should be this selection and why we should stay away from some of the other players. Uh, Before I get too far ahead of myself here, I'd like to take a moment to... Thank our sponsor, MileSocial. We appreciate all the support that you do for Jet Nation. If you are a business owner and you're looking to improve your social media status for your company, go to MileSocial.com and see how they, what they can do for you today. You can find them at MileSocial. Okay, folks, so this is the way that I see it, and I've analyzed a few positions here For the first round, pick number four and pick number 10. And I've broken down the edge position, offensive line position, cornerbacks, and wide receiver. I think that these are the four position groups that the Jets should be targeting come draft day. Uh, Now, every website that you go to will have different players ranked. Um, I'm not working with rankings. I'm not going with what other people say. I'm going from what I've read, I've heard, I've seen, and what I truly think will be the best fit for the New York Jets. Uh, Missed one topic here. Want to stop and thank um, or send out a special happy birthday to Makai Becton. Um, It was his birthday yesterday, and um, it's funny. There's an account out there. Called, uh, today is Makai Becton's birthday. He's been tweeting, or this individual has been tweeting every day, today is not Makai Becton's birthday. And finally, they were able to send that tweet um, that it was his birthday. He is 23 years young and uh, has the whole world ahead of him. Very, very excited to see what he has to bring in store for this team. So back to tonight's topic. What is the best fit for the New York Jets? As I mentioned, I'm looking at the edge position, offensive tackle position, the cornerbacks, and the wide receivers. Now, the list that I've compiled here are the four most talked-about edge players, Aiden Hutchinson, Avon Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, and Trayvon Walker. For offensive line, I've put in Evan Neal, uh, Iki Aquanu, um, is the other one, Akemaquano, I believe is his actual name. They call him Mickey. And the two corners that I have selected for tonight are Derek Thing- Thingley Jr. and Ahmed Gardner, a.k.a. Sauce Gardner. Everyone knows how I feel about that player. And then lastly, the wide receivers. I have Drake London, Jameson Williams, and Garrett Wilson. Now, I do feel that all of these players, let's see here, we got four, six, eight, Eleven Out of these 11 players, I think all of them warrant being inside the top 10. Um, But there is 11 of them. And we also have to throw in the fact that there are corners out there that, I mean, I'm sorry, quarterbacks out there that need to be in the conversation for the top 10. And there's also uh, some linebackers uh, like Devin Lloyd and the Kobe Dean that also warrant or are worthy of being a top 10 selection. So the jets are going to have a lot of options when it comes to the 10th pick. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, seem to get a little bit up in arms. You shouldn't go for this position. We should be going for that position at four. I think realistically um, we have to take the narratives of uh, putting a position value over raw talent. For instance, If the two top edge rushers go in the draft before our fourth pick, I don't feel comfortable with the Jets going for the third best uh, edge defender because that position value, air quoting, has more value over, you know, a lineman position or a wide receiver position or the cornerback position. The Jets need to be very, very safe with what they do here, and they need to get, what Joe Douglas said, the surest player that can come in right away and help this roster and help this team improve to win more football games. Uh, I don't like the concept of having a pick within the top five and taking maybe the second or third best player of that position group. The Jets should be taking their number one player at the number one position that they have available to them. So if it's the offensive tackle, I'm, I'm going to be okay with that. I do have a little bit of an issue going offensive tackle at four this year, but I would understand it if they do so. I'd much prefer going for corner. I think that there was some problems in the secondary last year, and I think that there's some really, really good talent to be had um, with particular players at the cornerback position, and I think the Jets would be crazy to pass up on them because at the end of the day, their defense led up over 500 yards, I mean, 500 points last season, and that is completely unacceptable. Now, you could have the best down linemen that, you know, you can put on paper, and if they don't get to the quarterback and you have suspect corners, you're going to get beat. So the Jets need to figure out a way to balance out their roster, balance out their defense, improve their offense for Zach Wilson. they got a lot of work to do. And – You know, they have to get these picks right. This is a pivotal year, not only for the decision-makers in the front office, but for the young players like Zach Wilson that we are hoping is the next and best franchise quarterback that the Jets have in their history. So let's go to the edge position here. As I've mentioned, had Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, and Trayvon Walker. I've watched all of these players. I think that they would all be very, very uh, productive players in Robert Sala's defense. I believe that they could come in and help contribute and excel our pass rush. I think all four players are capable of doing so, some more than others. So I'm going to start with, What I've seen as the consensus number one ranked defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson. He played 36 games in four years. He acquired 156 tackles, 27 and a half behind the line of scrimmage and totaled 17 and a half sacks. Now I'm looking at Kayvon Thibodeau. He participated in 30 games in three seasons. He had 126 tackles, 35 and a half tackles for a loss and 19 total sacks in three years. Now, what's interesting is people seem to think that, you know, there's some red flags with his uh, motivation and, um, you know, some some people call him a slacker, things like that. You know, every year there's players like this where they they question the mentality of a particular player. David was very, very um, outspoken Um, He even went to Twitter and was in conversation with people and said he had a great meeting with the Jets. And I really, really do feel that if the Jets are going to go edge at number four, I think Kayvon Thibodeau is at the top of the list. Um, And I guess you could put that in as a prediction for me. I just find it very, very interesting how he played one less year than Hutchinson. He acquired more tackles for a loss and more sacks. So that shows that he's a little bit more productive than Hutchinson was in his four years. That brings me now to Jermaine Johnson. He had 106 tackles, 24 and a half tackles for a loss, 18 sacks and a defensive touchdown. He did that in three years and 28 games. Very interesting how he's had less games than both two players that I've mentioned He's in between on the sack margin, and he's the only one with a defensive touchdown out of these four. Now, lastly, Trayvon Walker, 29 games, 61 tackles, 13 tackles for a loss, and nine and a half sacks. Those stats don't pop out to me. I've seen the film. He's an absolute monster, and I think that he's going to cause havoc for whatever team that he ends up going to. Uh, for, For whatever reason, I just feel like, he would be a really good fit for like a Baltimore Ravens defense because he just looks like that physique of a young Terrell Suggs. And who knows if, if, you know, his trajectory is that as such, but looking at the film, I'd have to say that I came away most impressed with Jermaine Johnson being that he's a linebacker and an edge player. I did mention last week on our episode that he was one of my top favorite prospects. So maybe um, there's a little bit of favoritism going on here. But I do feel that if the Jets do decide to pass on edge at four, that there is a very, very good chance that they could be looking at a Jermaine Johnson or a Trayvon Walker at the 10th pick. And I think Trayvon Walker would probably be the worst-case scenario for the Jets. And I think that the best-case scenario at the 10th pick would be Jermaine Johnson. I think that not only is he as as productive as the top two edge defenders – but I also feel that he gives you a little bit more of athleticism being that he has some experience playing linebacker and can provide a pass rush. And if the Jets do decide to go edge rusher at at the four pick, pencil me in for Kayvon Thibodeau. I think that's the, the best fit at the number four pick if the Jets go edge. If the Jets decide to go edge at 10 pick, I think the best fit will be Jermaine Johnson. Now this brings me to the offensive line position. You have Evan Neal, and you got Ikem Aquanu, a.k.a. Icky. Now, out of these, both of these uh, tackles, you could go back and forth on, you know, maybe this is an a OT1A and an OT1B. You could flip-flop these guys. I think it really, really depends on what type of player you want. From Evan Neal, I think that there's good length and size with the measurables for a tackle. I think he's got really great hands. He's got length. He has a really, really good does a really good job of throwing his hands, getting defenders off balance um, from their initial pass rush step and just throwing someone off on their on the beginning of their pass rush could be just enough to keep them away from your quarterback. I love what he does in pass protection and I would say what's the difference between Neal and Aquanu? I would say that Aquanu is a better run blocker and he's got a little bit more of a nastiness and a mauler um, aspect to his game where Evan Neal is a little more technical. So if you like a player with technique, you want to go with Evan Neal. If you want to go with someone that's nasty and a mauler and you know beat guys up on the field, I'd very much go with Icky. But I do not feel that the best fit at four for this Jets team is going for offensive tackle with the exception, is Joe Douglas prepared to part ways with George Vance? Now George Fant's been a captain of this offense and this team for over two years. He acquired Makai Beckton's job last year because he was playing right tackle and moved to left because Beckton got rolled up on in a in a fluke injury and hurt his leg and had to miss the entire season. Now we're hearing from our off-season presser that the tackle position is undetermined and it's going to be for competition and either George Fan or Becton could play left tackle next year. I think it's rather interesting that the Jets primarily saw George Fan as a right tackle, even though he had experience at left tackle in Seattle. Um, I don't know if they had the confidence in him playing left tackle, but was forced to put him in the position because they got injured, so many injuries at that tackle position last year. Turns out he has one of the best years of his career at left tackle, very high grades on PFF, one of the best offensive linemen, one of the most consistent, and uh, just did his job, I guess, better than others last year, not saying much in the losing season. But if you had to determine who was your best offensive lineman, you can easily say that was George Fant last year. So, I think the Jets really like George Fan. But if they do want to build this line and build in the trenches, as we've heard them say, and you go offensive line, I would absolutely take either, either Neal or Icky. I think that you could flip the coin for that. I think, you know, what's more exciting is having a mauler and a run blocker. But at the end of the day, you got to throw the ball, so maybe Evan Neal. Would be a good fit for this team. I'm going to put Ikierkwonu as the best fit for the Jets, and if they do decide to go for him, I hope that they part ways with George Fant because it would be absolutely absurd to part ways with Makai Beckton when he's in year three of his rookie deal and as a first-round pick, the Jets have a fifth-year option. So, just to give you some numbers here, George Fant has one year left on his contract. He's 30 years old going on 31, and he's making over $11 million for one year. Mekhi Becton was signed two years ago for a four-year deal at $18.4 million, averaging around $4.5 million on the salary cap per year if you want to slice it up, with a fifth-year option. Why in the world would you want to part ways with Mekhi Becton at this point when you've got a significantly less amount on the books, and you can have him not only for the next two years, but possibly three if you pick up his fifth-year option. So if the Jets truly want to build in the trenches and get their tackle position secured, you absolutely have to part ways with George Fan or you're going to eat $11 million, nearly $11.5 million to have one of your team captains play backup. And if Beckton loses the job, I think that really, really shows that Joe Douglas did not get the right guy and that could, you know, put some egg on his face. I understand if they go that route, but I think it creates a little bit of a depth issue. And who do you go forward with? You know, because if you put Fant and Aquano as your top two tackles and then Vecton says, I want out of here, trade me, and then one of those guys go down, and you're looking at a Greg Sinat or a Connor McDermott with a rookie or Fant, Jets are right back to where they were for the last few years, having nothing but offensive line issues. So it may be best for them to possibly sit tight, go forward with this competition with Beckton and Fant, and find a project guy or somebody that gets a camp cut for your offensive tackle depth. That could possibly be the best way. You know, I really feel like the Jets should go defense to start off the draft and then get some premium picks maybe in the second round for their offense for Zach Wilson. I have no problem with that that strategy. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to move on to the cornerback position here. We have two more groups to do. we got cornerback and we have wide receiver. So right now I've penciled in Sauce Gardner, Ahmed Gardner, as the number one cornerback in this class number two corner is Derek Stingley Jr. Gardner play, participated in 33 games in three years 99 tackles five and a half for a loss three and a half sacks nine interceptions 16 pass deflections two defensive touchdowns and zero touchdowns led up in his career zero touchdowns led up in his career in college in 33 games that's my number 4 pick. I think that's the best fit for the Jets. I think that if you want to stop the bleeding and you want to turn one of your weakest positions into one of your strongest positions, you start off the draft with Sauce Gardner and you turn that secondary into something promising, into something most likely elite, especially if Bryce Hall happens to excel and improve for another year. And you really really have a nasty combo with Hall and Gardner as your top two corners with Nichols and Michael Carter the second as your three and four really like that scenario. Now, as they say, Dirk Stingley Jr. If not for his injury would be cornerback one. As far as his technical skills and what he does when he's out there, he's an absolute stud in everything that you would want in a number one corner for your team. But He played in three games last year. Um, He played in seven the year before that. And he's got 25 games in total under his belt the last two years. He's just been unfortunate with his injuries. And that's probably one of the biggest flags on Derek Stingley Jr. You're talking about 73 tackles, seven and a half, um, sorry, seven tackles for a loss, six interceptions, and 20 pass deflections. Now, if you noticed, he had more tackles, more interceptions, and more pass deflections than Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner, and he participated in 25 games compared to the 33 for Gardner. So he has just as much production in those games as Gardner in 33 games. So you can see that when he's on the field and if you throw his way, he's going to have a problem. So In my scenario here, if the Jets decide to go edge with the number four, I think there's a good chance Derek Stingley could be there at number 10. And I think if you want to turn your defense around, you start off with a K-Bomb Thibodeau at edge, you draft Derek Stingley at 10, and your defense is completely changed. You get two blue chip players that you can plug in and play right away. You just got to hope and pray that the Jets training staff and luck it's on our side, and the kid stays healthy. So there's a few ifs, a few buts, and a lot of hopes with that. It's it's a gamble. But sometimes gambles pay off, pay off big. The last position that I'm going to talk about is the wide receiver position um, because this continues to come up. um, From what I've seen is that – the Jets really do like certain players at number 10 and wide receivers on the, bo- uh, you know, one of the topics of conversation. As I mentioned, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams. What's interesting is the top two guys that keep being talked about is Drake London and Jamison Williams. And both of these players are coming off injuries from last year. Now, Jamison Williams, I think he's the speedster. He's the playmaker. He's the one that fans like because, you know, the fastest guy on the field is always fun to watch. And and NFL teams, you know, follow – they go for the speedster every year. They chase speed. But in my opinion, I'd much rather have the best football player than have the fastest guy on the field because sometimes the fastest guy on the field is not always the best football player. And you can look at John Ross. See how that worked out in Cincinnati. You can look at Henry Ruggs, how that worked out in um, Oakland. You can look at DJ Shark, see how that looked in Jacksonville. None of these players have reached their trajectory or their proje- projections or their proje- uh, predictions from media analysts, but they were the fastest. So teams coveted that speed. They went for it and it failed. So for me, Out of these three players here, I would absolutely go for Garrett Wilson. I think he brings you the most production. 32 games in three years. You're talking about 143 receptions with 2,200 yards, 23 receiving touchdowns, and six rushes for 143 yards and a touchdown. That is absolutely crazy. You're talking about 19 yards a carry last year, for Garrett Wilson. So, you know, he's just one of those players. You get the ball in his hands, and he makes magic happen. You want to talk about being one of the best route runners in this league or in this class? Garrett Wilson is definitely one of them. And you could debate maybe Chris Olave, his his running mate, his teammate, um, who's also, you know, one of my top five last year. Uh, I just kind of feel that Olave is going to be one of those mid to late 20 picks um, a lot of people pencil him in at Green Bay. I can completely see that happening. I would love a scenario where Chris Olave a Jet. I just don't think he's going to be there for us at 35 or 38. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if he, if he qualifies as a top ten pick. But some teams, you know, some boards are different from others. But I'm going to go back to some of the stats here. Drake London, the biggest wide receiver of all these individuals here. Um, 24 games injured in 2021. He had 160 receptions, 2100 yards, 15 touchdowns. So he brings size, and the Jets receivers right now they have two receivers in Braxton Berrios and Elijah Moore who are under six feet. So if the Jets are really looking to bring in size, we're talking about a six foot five, 210 pound wide receiver in Drake London. <clears throat> Again, a little bit of a risk factor because he is coming off of an injury. He just had his pro day. Uh, I believe the Jets um, sent some personnel out there to go get a look at the youngster. Um, And he's one of those players that, you know, uh, you'll see a lot of contested catches, a lot of 50-50 balls. I'm not 100% if that qualifies for what the Jets want to do. Because we already have another receiver It's around 6'3", and. 10 pounds, and Denzel Mims, he ran a 4 3 he had a lot of contested catches, he's a 50-50 guy he could stretch the field, probably better for a vertical offense and Mims was buried in this lineup, so I, I'm not sure, you know, the Jets may be looking for size at wide receiver I'm just not sure if Drake London fits the mold I could be wrong he could end up being the next Brandon Marshall and that's what some people have comped him to and who doesn't love a player like Brandon Marshall in his prime? Absolutely dominator. But again, with the injury concern, Garrett Wilson, to me, is the, is the best fit for the New York Jets at 10 if they decide to go wide receiver. Now, Jameson Williams, like I said, he's the race car. You know, he's the car that, that can get up to 300 miles an hour, he, but he's a little bit lighter a little bit more risk as far as the handling and the control on that race car. And if you slip, it could break. And then you could could miss him for the entire year. Or you could miss him for maybe, you know, 25% of the year, and then he's available in October, November, and then he's a plug-and-play player from then. A little bit risky, though, in my mind. I do think that he has a very high ceiling, you know, in 25 games in three years. He had 94 receptions, 1,800 yards, and 18 touchdowns. You look at his film from last year, he can absolutely fly. The speed is undeniable with Jamison Williams, but the risk factor is there as well. So what do the Jets really want here as far as the wide receiver position? Do they want a pure route runner with sure hands like Garrett Wilson that can carve up a defense and get him and Elijah Moore working underneath creating fits for safeties and corners, I like the concept of that. Death by a thousand cuts, the way that Tom Brady would run his offense, where he hit you for a five and a seven and a 10-yard pass. Don't always have to look for, you know, throwing 20, 30, 40-yard bombs to try to get ahead on teams. You can control the clock, and you can just carve away. And I think that that's what Garrett Wilson would bring to this offense. I think he would be a playmaker, sure-handed. You match him up with Elijah Moore, Berrios, and a healthy Corey Davis, I think that Zach Wilson would have a significant boost in his passing stats for this year. So I'm going to wrap it up here, folks. Um, Just about 30 minutes on the show tonight. Um, Just to recap on the best fit, I feel that the best fit for the New York Jets is to go corner at number four. That would be my first top choice. My second choice would be edge. So it's either Sauce Gardner or Kayvon Thibodeau at four. And at the 10th pick, I'd very much like to see a Jermaine Johnson at edge or a Garrett Wilson wide receiver at that 10th. So you could stay balanced and go defense and offense. And if they do decide to go offense at that fourth pick, I understand it. Then you're forced to take whoever's left on the board at edge at 10. And it's either Jermaine Johnson or possible Trayvon Walker. So it really, really makes a a difficult situation here. But that's how I see it, folks. Those are my top choices. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and coming to Jet Nation Radio. Don't forget to go to jetnation.com and get involved in the forums. That's where all the nonstop Jets conversation is. So, everybody, we're less than 10 days away, nine to be exact. Draft is right around the corner. Dylan will be back next week. We're going to do our final mock and predictions. So definitely tune in next Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m., Jet Nation Radio. That's where it's all at, folks. Everybody, be safe, and thanks again, and have a great evening. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets.